Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to Raptors Flex Plus. I am your host, Kyle. And as you can see, I got my mans with me, wrong side, like that. Boom. <laughs> can I? <laughs> yes, sir. What's popping, kid? Uh, you know what it is. It's just the holidays. Seeing the family. It's good to see you again. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yes, uh, yeah, man. Just kicking it. Watching uh, watching stuff happen. I don't wanna. I don't wanna reveal too much because you know what I mean. I know you got a big line up here. You know what I'm saying man. with the shows. So you know, but I've been watching the same thing you're watching. So that's no. what's up, man. My yeah. man. My man. So to everybody that's tuning in, we appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. I hope everyone had a happy and safe holiday um me myself my guy I, I had a pretty good one you know what i mean like i was tired like on the 27th like after boxing day i was just like dead bro i was just in my bed with the kids watching movies and it was nice but i was tired you know what i'm saying oh the holidays will do that to you still i won't lie i don't have kids so like the day before christmas eve i was like mash up mm. over the whole christmas eve i was oh, all right on christmas day. <laughs> you know what i'm saying but Definitely try to take it easy going into the new year right now, cause yeah, it catches up with you, my friend. It catches up those those hours and those days. Bare facts, bare facts. Yeah, man. So yeah, I, I know some people are still enjoying the holidays, but for me personally, it's time to get back to work. I done seen the Philadelphia game. I saw it. The Utah game. A lot of mercy. <laughs> the Washington game. Still a lot of mercy. I'm not getting too hype on that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We did what we were supposed to do. Yeah. But today's episode, we're not breaking down all of the games. You understand? We are about to go into 2024. And it's time to grade out this team. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to know. I think, I think the fans already have grades in their mind in terms of how this team is performing. Basically, all I'm doing, y'all, is I'm putting this on paper, and we're going to discuss it today with Kanai, right? So like how are we going to go about... Say what? <laughs> no, I said sounds like a plan. All right, that's what's up, my guy. So how are we going to go about the grading system? Let's get the rubric up here. All right. Rubric. After a fucking gang of time passed by. Yeah, the rubric. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how we're grading for the day. Everybody's going to get a grade. Coaches, players, front office, team, overall. And let's be honest, all this is subjective, okay? So for those that also have a grade for the team, throw it down in the comments. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to debate it. Kanai will also get online and debate it with you as well. If there's something that he says that you're not feeling, or maybe you do feel it and you just want to big it up, either <laughs> which way, down in the comment section. But we're going to get it popping today. So A, it's for great. That means you're just like performing. I can't ask anything more of you. You're just doing your thing. You're doing your job. You're even exceeding expectations. B, good. That means that you're doing exactly what, what you're supposed to do. Or maybe you're doing a little bit more than what I thought was even possible from you. C, that means you're just average. You're not like killing it. You don't suck. 
you're just kind of just like there. You know what I'm saying? D, self-explanatory. You're not good. I'm not saying you're not good as a player, but like you're not performing the way that we would expect you to perform. And then F is just fail. Okay. All right. I don't know if you're going to give anybody a fail. Nobody <laughs> knows if I'm going to give nobody a fail yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all must not know me. All right, proper. So, Preston Zuchua, for me, he graded out at a C grade, right? So that's just average, you know what I'm saying? Nothing too special about what I've seen from Preston Zuchua. Now, I'm shooting him some bail because at the beginning of the season, he had his injury situation that he was going through, even through the preseason. He missed some games to begin the season. He was kind of in and out the lineup there for a bit. But he's been back long enough now where we can see a sample size from him. And I don't know, nothing too impressive from my perspective. I mean, his stats are pretty much the same. They're down in some categories, but it's just like minimally down. Um, I think he's playing out of position. I think he's like the small ball big, which is why I've been saying for months now that the Raptors need another big. So I don't feel like Darko's really putting Precious in the right situation to be successful for his skill set. But the problem that I have with his skill set is that I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's a wing player. I don't know if he's really trying to be a big. Is he a three-point shooter? He takes threes, but he's only shooting 27%. You know, some games he's on. Other games he's off. Just like the rest of the bench, you're just like sometimes. So it's hard for me to say that you're performing good. You know what I'm saying? Precious, you are right at the average. What do you think about that, man? What you got on this? <clears throat> Well, I mean, yeah, I think he is kind of performing at the average. Uh, I think my problem with Precious is, like, yo, two years ago, you said you're ready to make a big leap. Like, where is it? You know what I mean? Like, two years ago, you're like, yeah, you expect to make a big leap. You're talking all this jazz. And now it's, like, it's two years in. And it's probably, like, he's digressed to me. When when Larry was around, you know, he was a, a Nick Nurse. When he was under Nick Nurse, you know, he was – or sorry, not when Larry was around, but when he first came under under Nick Nurse, you know, he, we were seeing some threes from him at the end of that season, right? Uh, he, he seemed a lot more consistent, a lot more energized. Now, I just find him to, like, you know, be making low IQ plays. Like, I don't like him bringing up the ball at all, which yeah. he loves doing for some reason. Um, I guess he is out of position, but, like, he should be taking, like, chips from a guy like Chris Boucher. Like, be that kind of guy. You know what I mean? And what are you working on, really? If if your three-point shot is down to 27% at this point, you know what I mean? He's capable. He had a beautiful pull-up jumper in the game against Washington. Yeah. But where is the consistency? Are we going to blame it on minutes? I mean, you got to be ready, guys. So for me, personally, I would give Precious a not good grade because I think we need him to be better than what he is right now i don't think that 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 he's playing at his average at all you know what i mean like i don't i don't know what he is either i don't even yeah. think Precious knows what he is so i like agree with you all the way on, on that one right i mean the only thing for me is like well, what are my expectations for him which is why i gave him the average grade like i don't really expect him to be anything more than what he is and if he was to exceed my expectations then he would kind of go into the good category because to your point, it's been two years, I don't know, what, two, two seasons, three seasons now. And what are you working on? I don't see any development from him. The only thing I can really say is that 
Um, the three-point shot looks good. His shot looks good. It just doesn't fall. And sometimes, and I think that goes to your low IQ type stuff for him, and respectfully, Mr. Precious Achua, like, you just don't, like, make the right play when you need to make it. You know what I'm saying? For sometimes real. you're Johnny on the spot and you get the, those dirty buckets, but that's exactly what Kanai's talking about because that's what Chris Boucher does. Yeah, man, but, yeah, yes. Like, okay, I'm looking at the stat line. Man, you average more turnovers than blocks, assists. You know what I mean? Like, you're averaging two turnovers a game and 0.5 and, like, half a block. Like, at least give me one block a game if you're that I guy. Agree. You're supposed to be a defensive guy. Give me one steal a game. But you're giving me, like, you're, 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 you you're turn the ball over, then you, you produce a – you turn the ball over for us more than you turn the ball over. You know, you turn the other team over. Like it's not, it's not good. It's not good. I, I'll let the 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 average grade pass, but for me, it's a not good grade. It's a D. It's a D. Okay, so I give Precious a C, and Kanai gives Precious a D. And mind you, everybody, these are the early term grades. It doesn't mean it can't change next time we do this sometime maybe around trade deadline or after the trade deadline like we want to see this team be successful this is our team we love our team yep. it doesn't it doesn't like we're not happy about giving precious a d grade i'm not yeah, happy yeah. about giving him a c grade but yo i just feel like that's where he deserves right now so what are you gonna do it's what he deserves exactly man agreed exactly. all right cool man so let's keep moving on here man i i got this in alphabetical order <laughs> So next up is OG and Anobi. Because this is his contract year, right? OG is like generally what you see from players that in your contract year, you're probably going to have the best season of your career. But statistically, OG and Anobi is down. Like, mind you, it's minimal. But when you go from 16.8 points per game where you're looking to knock on the door of 17, 18, right in a contract year you're down to 15.2 and i understand that like the usage has changed for him you know what i'm saying i understand that the usage has changed but defensively this is what you're known for bro and i know people are probably out there thinking like what are you talking about og slippage let me just tell you guys why i'm saying this first of all it's a question right it's a question what i've noticed over the last couple of weeks or so he doesn't seem as explosive on the defensive end when guarding smaller players. It see like we like we always talk about how OG prides himself on guarding one through five, right? And he can still do that. But what I'm seeing is I don't know if there's some sort of injury or something that he's dealing with, but I'm not as confident with him guarding smaller players right now. I'm not. I'd rather him guard anything six five and above right now, where the quickness is not gonna kill you off the dribble. Now, again, this could just be a minor mishap, right? Just in the whole grand scheme of things. Because for 82 games, it's really tough to keep up the type of defensive effort that OG Ananobi does, especially when we expect him to do his thing on the offensive end, right? So I'm not going to get on his slippage right now. When we do this next grade, like the midterm grade, we'll have a better idea as to whether I'm tripping or not in terms of what I'm seeing or whether this is like a real thing that's kind of happening right now next point blazing from three-point shooting to start the season blazing he was a he was our best three-point shooter for much of the season now he's still up there he's still shooting 37.1 percent 
But again, last year he thought he shot 38%. So now it's down in that category also because he's cooled down a little bit as the season has gone on. And we'll talk about Scotty Barnes. But Scotty Barnes right now is statistically our best three-point shooter on the team when OG Ananobi held that spot for much of the season. Okay. Now he's also shown some ability to create a shot, right? He's talked about how he wants to um, play a bigger role in the offense. Whether it's here in Toronto, he hasn't come out and said, yo, I want to go to other places, but he has definitely, or it's come out, I haven't heard out of his mouth actually, but it's come out that he wants to be a bigger part of the offense. And part of that is being able to create your own shot. I don't see it from him. I don't. Coming into the season, that was an expectation that I had for him, that he would work on his handles and that he would be able to create his own shot a little bit more consistently. I still don't see it. And it looks mad awkward when he tries. So at this point, your numbers are down. I'm seeing a little bit of slippage on the defensive end. I'm not going to attach that to his name, but I'm asking the question. And in a contract year, I just expect you to have better numbers, yo. I expect you to have more impact on the game. You can't have games where you're scoring single digits if you are, think that you're a number two option on a team. So that's where the B minus comes for me. What do you got for him? Um, yeah, I, I guess it's about the same. It's almost the same thing with Precious Achua, right? Like, uh, you say you want to be a bigger part of the offense, right? But where is Where's have you been working on your handles? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think for these guys, like, you know what I mean? Especially coming from the school of Damar, you guys got to do better at your off-season workouts. Like, Rico Hines, if that's what all you're doing, it's not enough, right? Like, you <laughs> need to work on your handles. You need to do some ball handling drills. You need to get game ready. You need to have a routine. You know what I'm saying? Um, as for the three-point shooting, I think that'll, that'll even itself out. Even the defensive slippage, I think that'll even itself out. I kind of blame that more on the on the style of play and the fact that he's been switched around so much. Like his role has changed, and it shouldn't. It really shouldn't change, but his role has changed a lot in the last three years. Like, you know, are we are we giving him action off of pin downs? Are we using him as a corner three shooter? Are we, you know what I mean? The only thing that doesn't really change is is his defensive responsibility. But offensively, I think they're trying to put him in a lot of different spots, and I, I guess it kind of. It's a testament to both him and the, the, the team, uh, the way the team is being managed. You know, he, I think he needs, he could really, really, you know, maybe uh, benefit from a little bit more continuity, right? I think that that's when we started to see a little bit of growth from him. But, you know, I, I question how much you're in the gym working on the rest of the stuff that you say you want to be able to do in games. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it does look awkward when he goes to the basket. You know what I mean? Like, you're really sh- – he's he's strong. He's stout. Like, he should be able by now to – I should be able to trust him, you know, taking a drive and going left or right to the basket. You know what I mean? And I just don't – I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't like him handling the ball either. So, I, I'm not sure if he's sabotaging himself because he thinks that, you know, he should have a bigger op- a bigger role and, you know what I mean, he shouldn't have to work at it at this point or – if he's working at it and he's not getting, you know, a stable, a stable number of plays to where he knows where his shots are coming from. So he's not working on the right things here and there, but I, I, I'll give him the B, the B minus, but a lot of it is based on the fact that he's still our best defender yeah. and 
you can trust him to drop a shot. Like, you know what I mean? But let's remember, B is, like, good, right? Yeah. So we're saying he's, like, a little less than good, which I, I, I'll agree with there. Yeah, exactly. Um, just just one other quick point with OG Ananobi, just for the viewers. Listen, we're not saying that OG Ananobi is not a good player or a less than good, right? If like on, like on the trade market, OG Ananobi is going to demand a lot of value and resources back just based off his skill set. All we're saying is that, or at least I'll, I'll speak for myself. All I'm saying is that I just expected a little bit better from him in this particular season, especially because we needed it so badly with the loss of Fred Van Fleet. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Totally agree with you on this on this grade. I think you're spot on. Beautiful. So let's let's keep it moving, right? Um, the next player, if you're following in alphabetical order, is my opinion. I don't know what Kanai's gonna say, but in my opinion, the best player on the team right now. Okay, and we can debate it all we want to debate it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but this guy right now. He's the best player on the team, okay? Scotty Barnes, all right? I gave him a B plus, okay? Now, could have easily gave him an A, right? Could have easily gave him an A, but let's be, like, objective here, okay? Um, Scotty Barnes has taken his game to a whole new level than what we saw out of his rookie, rookie year or second year. Right. It's been well documented how in his second year it might have plateaued a little bit. And I think Scotty Barnes took that personally, personally, because this is a guy that looks like he's been in the gym working all damn summer and he looks stronger. He's playing with more energy than I've ever seen him play with. And mind you, he's always been a high energy player. But to do this for the amount of minutes that he's doing, plus the added responsibility on the offensive end. Sometimes I see Scotty Barnes making two, three jumps for an offensive rebound and then the finish. This guy is playing out of his mind right now. And the tear that he had to start the season, listen, we knew that a lot of that was not sustainable. The 30 point, like the triple double, like, you know what I'm saying? The triple double was not going to be sustainable for the season. Okay. But the numbers that this guy is still putting up are beautiful. Okay. Check this out. 35 minutes a game, averaging 20 points, 20.7 points. He's shooting 48.9% from the field. But hold on. Here it is right here. 38.9% from three-point range. For context, Scotty Barnes shot 28.1% last year. That is a 10% increase in one season. Now, I know. There's still a lot more season left to go. We're only in December, about to go into January in a couple of days. But to me, this is dumb impressive. Dumb impressive what this guy has been doing. Leads the team in three-point shooting percentage. All right? Now, here's one thing that I'll say about Scotty Barnes in terms of why I knocked him down a peg. Right? Because I said it was easily to put him at an A. Losing Fred Van Fleet. Big blow to the Toronto Raptors from a leadership standpoint. So you expect guys like Pascal Siakam, which we will get to, and OG Ananobi, but not really even OG Ananobi. I expected Scotty Barnes to really take the leadership role on this team. And sometimes it looks like he's doing it. 
but in other times it feels like he's falling back a little bit. And I'm not sure why he's falling back. He should be the alpha on this team. Now, I get that Pascal Siak has been here for, for forever and a day, right? So maybe he doesn't want to step on man's toes. But you want to know what? When you're the best player on the team, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. But, yo, this is my team. This is my team. Everybody knows it. Have you heard Scotty Barnes' name come up in a, tra in a trade talk? Hell to the no. The only thing that we heard about Scotty in trade is that he's untouchable. Teflon Don, Regin. So, look. Scotty Barnes, I am so impressed with the way that he has started this season, right? I just wish the Raptors had a better record where I could feel more comfortable saying that he would be an all-star. But in my opinion, he is playing at an all-star level. He is playing at an all-star level. Will he get into the all-star game? I think that teams that have better records should get those nods, personally. That's just the way that I feel about it. If your team's losing, you shouldn't be an all-star. Now, there's time to turn this around, but Scotty Barnes, to me, most improved player in the NBA. What you got, Kanai? I agree. Um, my, I'm going to key in on the, the leadership part of it because, I mean, I think that's where we started knocking him down a peg, but I don't think that's necessarily his fault. I mean, he comes out of the season on a tear. Pascal sucks shit. Like, <laughs> Pascal was not good at the beginning of the season. It's not it's not a knock against him. I think Pascal's a very good player, right? Borderline great. And I say that with the utmost respect for the guy. But he comes out of the gate on fire, and then there's a clear, a clear effort to get Pascal involved, which means he has to take a backseat again. Every time it's and you know, having Dennis Schroeder, which is a thing that I've said from the very beginning. Let pot, let Scotty run the point. I'd rather lose with Scotty running the point. You know, if if it is his team and he's the alpha, that's what he asked for. He wants to be the point guard. He said that. He said he wants to play point. I don't know how many times a guy has to say it. So if it's his team and we want him to act like the alpha, then we have to treat him as such, which we haven't done. And we're finally starting to do now, so we'll see how that goes. Right? But he he was he was i think he was being directed to you know get other guys involved you know defer to pascal a little bit then he's got to share shots with schroeder and point guard duties with schroeder you know what i mean we're not sure if he's really the point guard we're kind of pretending he's the point guard i don't think that's his fault many a time in the season i see him wear the losses on his shoulders you know taking the last shot making the last turnover he's had a lot of bad turnovers at the end of the game and still had held his head high so for me I'll give I'll give him an eight an A because I think he came to this season focused. I think he's been better than good. The three point shot is a welcome addition to his game. He's clearly worked on that. You know what I mean. And the only reason I think he's not averaging a triple double is because he has to share those point guard. He had to share those point guard duties and defer to Pascal at the beginning of the season. I don't even think it's like not sustainable because if he averaged, I can see him easily getting those ten rebounds and getting those assists. You know what I mean. Pascal last game. Had 11 assists while we let Scotty play. We let Scotty play uh, point guard, and you gotta wonder if that's a, uh, if that's you know, a product of Scotty running the offense and putting Pascal in positions to play and seeing the third and fourth pass or the third and fourth play down the, uh, down down the line in the offense in a half court set, or if it's you know, 
just luck. But I, I think I'll give I think I'll give Scotty a little bit of a higher grade. You know, what I mean, I'll give him an A minus. Um, I think he he has been the best player on our team, right? And I don't think that it's his fault that the that there's inconsistencies in the leadership. And we'll get to that grade later because I think somebody else is highly responsible for that. But I won't ruin it. I do agree with you on that as well. I got some on that. So yeah, man, I I think everything that you said was uh, pretty fair for Scotty. Unfortunately, we don't know if you know he'll be if he can average that triple double until, like you said, they give him the keys. Um, I think that's right around the corner. <laughs> it's not that far away, but um, we'll have to talk about that once we get to talking about the front office and the coaching. So. Let's keep it going. I think that was a good grade for Scotty Barnes. You gave him a A minus. I gave him a B plus. I think that's right around in the same area. Yeah. All right, cool. So next man, what do you say about this picture? <laughs> Where did we get this picture from Chris Boucher? <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to tell. <laughs> that looks baked. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he's wearing a jersey and everything. It's a real picture, dog. I found this in a yeah, reputable no. place. <laughs> Say this um, wasn't off the Instagram. <laughs> nah, man. So, yo, Chris Boucher, like I was saying, he is who he is. You know what I'm saying? He's been in the league for quite some time now. He came in as an older rookie. But he had a contract year where he scored 13.6 points per game, and the Raptors expected him to be like a real piece of the puzzle in the rotation for years to come. But with Chris Boucher, all I've seen is like steady decline in terms of his points per game. You know what I'm saying? Now, I know that NBA players have roles to play on a team. And maybe right now for Chris Boucher, it's not his thing to have to score, but it should be. Because the bench right now, they're like sometimes. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. And we need you to do better than 6.5 points per game. I'm so sorry, Chris Boucher. I love you, bro. Like, shout out to Montreal, guy. Kess pass Montreal, dog. But, yo, 6.5 points on 46.1% from field goal, not bad. 36.5% um, from three-point range, not bad. So what's happening? You're just not getting the opportunities. Maybe that might be the case. But at the end of the day, if he was filling it up the way that he was supposed to, those opportunities would come. He has the green light to shoot from three. This guy will shoot. He doesn't see a three he doesn't like. It's very rare. I'll say that for real, for real. But he's streaky. He's streaky. Some games this guy can go 0 for 5, and in other games he can go 4 for 5. And I guess that happens with bench rotational type players. So really my expectation isn't for him to score 15 points a game like he almost did back in the 2021 season. But it needs to be more than it is now. But I will say this about him. There's no effort or there's no um, like question about this guy's effort and his motor. He plays hard when he's out there. He's willing to mix it up and like get mucky down there, go for the loose balls. Yo, he's a, he will battle to the death. That guy right there, he plays hard. Can't question that. But I do want to question his block rate, yo. Because I don't understand a guy that is so lanky and athletic can only muster 0.6 blocks per game. Chris Boucher should have at least one block a game, at the very least. So you're performing below average because you're not getting the blocks you're supposed to get. You're not getting the points that you could possibly get. 
even if you were at like knocking on the door of 10 points per game, like that would bump him up a little bit. That's like another three. And it's just not there for him, man. I like Chris Boucher, but you're kind of just like mid right now. You know what I'm saying? Can yeah, I, what do you do? Uh, I agree. I agree totally that, you know, Chris is, uh, Chris has been a, a little bit, a little bit less than average. I don't know that it's all his fault, but I don't think that necessarily matters in this case. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it'll, I think it'll even out as the season goes on. Um, I don't know why he wasn't playing in the first part of the season. I really didn't understand that. Questionable, questionable. Narco. Like I said, there's some people that I got to talk about on this team, and it's not all the players, bro. Like you know what I mean? Chris Boucher. Like, even out of just, just pure respect for what this guy has done. Like, he's not, he's a champion. Let's not forget that. Chris Boucher is part of that championship team. Okay? This, what what's happening here right now, and you know what I mean? The way he came to the season and he wasn't getting any minutes, That I need that explained to me. I need to, I need that explained to me. And it's not like we were winning games, you know what I mean? Like, I think we were, we, we won one game, then we lost like two and then they finally put him into the game and then we won that game. You know what I mean? So I can't say that he was a, a, a factor in us having a losing record. I still think he's a factor in us winning games, but, uh, I, I think he's a guy where, you know, you should know how to use him. And I'm not sure that he's being used the right way. You know what I mean? I'm not sure that the defense is clicking the way that it should be clicking. It was very good at the beginning of the year. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what's going on really. It was better. It was better recently after a lineup change. Mm. You know what I mean? Right? I, I I feel like he lost his uh I feel like he lost his spot for no reason to a teacher's pet. Damn. Who's a teacher's pet? <laughs> I know the answer. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> All right, so what's your official grade for Chris? I'll give him I'll I'll, I'll give him a C. Right? Um but I don't disagree with the C minus. I'll give him a C out of respect on on his name to put some respect on his name because I don't think he was treated fairly at the beginning of the season, but uh, I don't disagree with the C minus because I can understand with the point drop and everything. I just don't. I don't think it's all on him. Again, I, I'm and maybe this is a biased thought. You know what I mean? Uh, if you watched this podcast, you know that I, I've got a couple gripes with some key uh, management members. So, you know, maybe I'm a little biased. Maybe I'm still riding that emotional wave. All right. Yeah. Well. Acknowledgement is the first step. <laughs> no, but I think that was a fair grade. Like, I, I, I'm not mad at that. I'm going to stick with mine. I, I, it's hard for me to give it more than the C minus, man. But I understand where you're coming from. But this next player, bruh, like, I am so sorry. But I am also not sorry because... You were a lottery pick, okay? Facts. You were a lottery pick, and I know the hack now. So let's see. Is it showing now? Yep. Boom. I know the hack. Oh, <laughs> um, But back to Grady Dick, all right? Sorry. You get a D. And pause. And I didn't do that to be funny either. I did not do that to be <laughs> funny. The D is literally for disappointment, dog. 
disappointment right. because you're not good. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sure that I'm hoping that I'm hoping that this is just a footnote in your NBA career story. I really do. I, I, I because I love the Raptors, and if we get a player that becomes a sharpshooter, and you know he's just deadly from beyond the arc, like this team could really use a player like that. Like really use a player like that. We're almost starving for a player like that just to space the floor. Okay. But every like you are struggling to find your footing in, in the NBA so far. And I know that there's other lottery picks out here that man, not everybody's performing to what their expectations were. Okay. But you are just way below right now. Way below. Unlucky 13. And like I thought that you were supposed to be this deadly three-point shooter, Bredgen, Grady. You're shooting 25% from three-point range. I looked up your college stats because I'm like, guy, first of all, for me, just for um to be an open book here, I watch college basketball, but I don't like watch college basketball like that, where I know every school and every player that plays there, and I know everybody's strengths and weaknesses. I wait till you're drafted. Okay, and my expectation for you when you were drafted, even though people are saying that you were more than just a three-point shoot, three-point shooter, was that at the very least your superpower was to shoot the three. In college, you shot pretty good. You shot forty point three percent from three-point range. Now I know that the three-point line is a little bit closer in college versus the NBA, but I don't expect a dip like that, fifteen percent. Like, even if you were, like, struggling to begin the season and as time went on, you showed, hey, hey, man, you're starting to turn the corner. I've literally seen nothing from you. Nothing so much that they had to send you down to the Raptors 905. And in the Raptors 905, you struggled there, too, because I covered it in a couple of episodes where I was talking about the Raptors 905. And it just so happens you were down there when I decided I wanted to start talking about them. You had a game where you shot, I don't know the exact amount. But like you were like five for 22 for 20 points. That is terrible efficiency, dog. I don't care what it looks like in the end stat line. When you break it down and you look at the field goal attempts, that's not good. We expect better from our lottery pick. And I know this sounds like it's unfair because he's just a kid. I shouldn't be going in like this on a kid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me just bring it down a notch. Let me bring it down a notch. But the truth is, is that I had higher expectations for, from you as a lottery pick and you have just i don't want to say failed because you're a young player young players go through struggles in the league they need to find their way but we need to start seeing something soon and with the midterm term grade this should be up to at least a c you should be at least average you know what i'm saying um <laughs> can i scathing mm. scathing First of all, let me say this. Let me let me say this. I was having a conversation with my girlfriend the other day because, you know, I was watching an NBA game and somebody did something and I was like, oh, trash, right? And she's mm-hmm. like, she's like, you know, not not you judging the NBA players for being human. You know what I mean? And there's this thing going on where like I get, you you think you're being hard on him because he's a kid. No, he's playing like trash. He he's is playing like trash. And if I showed up to a court and I played ball against any one of these guys, any one of these guys, they would tell me I was trash. They would feel no ways about my feelings. They would tell me I was trash. 
And when you ask them why they told me I was trash, they would say, because you need to know so you can get better. So, you know, this whole narrative where, like, we need to be polite to players and we can't call them trash because we don't know basketball, that doesn't exist to me. I played as a kid. I played against better players. And anytime I played against a better player and I wasn't playing well, I got called trash. It's okay. It happens. Anyways, in terms of Grady, absolutely. There's no reason you should be struggling against the 905, which lets me know that it seems to be a confidence issue. Right? I will say this. He has been impressive off the bounce. Right? Going to the basket, drawing fouls. You know. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. How many plays do you see that guy? How many well, plays? Well, how, how many plays has he made? Tell me, how many minutes does Grady, does Grady Dick average in an NBA game? Not a lot. He averages 12.4 minutes a game. So a quarter. 12.4 minutes a game, right? So you, as a shooter, you get in, you play three minutes, you miss, you maybe you take two shots, you know what I'm saying? Like, how many field goals is he even average? I think the Grady Dick, like, we really need to look at the Grady Dick situation. And, again, I'm not, I'm not absolving Grady Dick because you need to be ready. You know what I mean? At the very least, make your, butter, make your bread and butter. Make your shots. You know what I mean? But most lottery picks are going to fucking play. They're going to play, right? The problem with the Raptors is they need to decide whether they're developing or winning, and that's been a problem mm-hmm. since last year. Yep. Right? Now you send this kid down to the D-League, and I just wonder what the mindset is going down there for him. You know what I mean? Like, um, right? Why did it work out so well for Fred and Pascal? And it's not working like right now for Marquise Noel and and uh, Grady Dick. Both of them have been abysmal. The Raptors nine hundred five have not been good. Yeah. We're not we're not getting anything from them, right? So where do where are we breaking down? Is it are we breaking down at the scouting? Are we breaking down at the you know? The draft picks that we made, like, these are just two terrible draft picks. Or is something happening with the development there? Or is it that these players just really suck ass? And I wonder what the most realistic answer to that is. Grady Dick, he gets a D. He has not played well. I agree with you. I agree with your grade. I agree with your grade. But somebody's going to pay for these grades going down this list. And I keep saying it. It's coming. <laughs> Man, I am not mad at you at all. I, I totally agree. Like, I, I don't think the world should be so sensitive to just tell the truth sometimes. And if you're not playing well, you're not playing well. It is what it is. Um, I do agree with you that I think that there are some breakdowns somewhere within this organization that is failing some of these younger players. And I've been saying that for the last couple of weeks now. I personally would like to see Grady Dick in a starting lineup. Get some minutes next to Scotty Barnes and start learning each other's tendencies and start building off of each other if Grady Dick is going to be part of the future of this team because I don't see him being traded this year. But I also don't want to go down. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I agree with you. Me neither. I don't see him being traded. Yeah, I don't see him being traded this year, but I agree. Like He needs to be better. Uh, the organization needs to find a way to get this guy to play. Uh, one other quick point. On Christmas Day, Yami Yaquez, or whatever his name is, 31 points for the Heat. He was drafted 18th overall. Four-year player from UCLA. 
four-year player from UCLA. Yeah. 31 points. Jaime huh? is a – I told you this when we did the committee. Jaime Waquez is a fucking problem. He's and nice. We can't even get some threes from our sharpshooter. Crazy, bro. Crazy. <sighs> Anyways, I digress, man. Let's keep this thing moving. Um, another player that I'm just not happy with, and I've never been happy with this particular player. Actually, hold on. I skipped over a guy. I'm just going to start with this guy because I'm, I'm talking about him right now. Um, this guy right here, he's supposed to be a free agent pickup for us. And what has he been? He has been a bust. So I'm going to add him right here, man. Jalen McDaniels, yo. I'm so sorry, bro. But you are a bust of a free agent pickup. Now, whether this is your fault or somebody else's fault, you just not showing me that you want to be out here on the floor and earn minutes. How could you be so timid when you're out here on the floor, dog? You're so timid. I expect a little bit more from you on the defensive end. You're getting lost on defense. You're getting lost on defense sometimes. Your three-point shot, man, I saw you come in one day, and this guy, I'm like, okay, yo, this guy hit a three, boom. Okay, maybe he's about to get going. Next shot, air ball. Air ball. Now, we're about to get to some of the reasons why I believe some of these players are struggling. But at the end of the day, you need to hold accountability for yourself as a player. And Jalen McDaniels, I, I just don't see, like, what you do similar to like what i'll say with pressure chua but i really don't even want to put you in the same breath as pressure chua because pressure shows me something you haven't shown me anything and i don't know what you do like seriously i really don't know what you do are you supposed to be a floor spacer don't look like it to me <laughs> apparently you shot really well once you got traded to philadelphia because last year you started out with charlotte then you were traded to philadelphia then apparently with philadelphia this is what the media kept telling us about this guy was that, yo, this guy shot like 40% when he was with Philly. And where has that been? This year, he is shooting 17.2% from three-point range. I am, no, not good. I'm sorry. And it's not like it's just me saying this. The coaches obviously think that because Darko completely removed you from the rotation on more than one occasion, more than one occasion. So I just like, I'm really just unhappy with some of our free agent pickups, you know, and 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 we'll get to Schroeder. I'm not unhappy with Schroeder, but Jalen McDaniels, like I am just straight unhappy with him because I just expected more from him or something from him and got nothing. Who is this guy? <laughs> You summed it up perfectly. The media was telling us about him. We didn't know who he was. We played Philly. We played Philly all we played Philly all the time. We didn't know who the hell he was. Who is this guy? <laughs> to me, this is like yo. When I ask <laughs> you for I go to a, I go into the restaurant, I say, yo, I want oxtail or extra gravy to give me extra rice instead. I don't know. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Sorry, bro. Right? I was never excited about this pickup because I never heard of him. 
The only pickup that's worse than this is Valentine. Denzel Valentine? You mean like the history yeah, of the Raptors? I don't know. I apparently lit us up one time. The same guy got lit up in the G League. Like, you know, I mean, not even G League. Sorry. What is, what is that run that they have out there in LA? Drew League. Oh, the Drew League, yeah. Yeah, getting punked by guys that, you know, have a nine to five. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that he can't be a good player somewhere, but he's clearly not made a name for himself. And uh, to be honest, I'm getting, like, it's cool. It was cool when we get these sightings and we can get guys to play them. But at some point, and I think maybe this is like a beef that Nick Nurse may have had. I could be wrong. But at some point, you got to be looking at the roster and saying, why are we not getting any real NBA players? Like, we're filling out our roster with guys that we expect to outperform expectations. And this is a, yeah. this is indicative of that signing. You know what I mean? And there's he's not the only one on the roster. He's just one of the worst ones on the roster, right? A lot of the guys on our roster have outperformed expectations and have made a name for themselves, which is great. But I got to really wonder why we can't have any real NBA players all the time. Anyways, yeah. I'm surprised you even gave him a D minus. I was being nice, dog. I, like literally, worried. like real talk, I gave I, I gave this guy an F, dog. And then I literally felt bad, yo. I felt why? bad. Why? I don't know. Something in me said, yo, that's mean, dog. <laughs> I swear to God, I gave him an F. And I was like, yo, <laughs> you know what? That's what I'm talking about. That's that's what I'm talking about. He said, "Hold on, wait. Let me just look at the stat line here as I scroll across." Um, one point two. Another guy that averages more turnovers than anything else. He passes the ball as much as he passes it to the other team. You know what I mean? Um, um, and we had to get a combined Hornets and Philadelphia dog. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Sorry. You playing like trash, son. And when you playing like trash, the only way to not be trash is to get that ass in the gym. Yeah. Ain't much more else to do. You know what I mean? I got to go to work nine to five. If I had all the time in the world, if you paid me to work on just what I'm supposed to work on. Yeah, for sure. I'd be a gym rat. 21, 20, 20 years old. I'd be in the gym. You know what I mean? I would be in the gym. I would be calling my coaches every chance I get. You know what I mean? I'd be fighting. I'd be dogging my way onto the court. What? I'm not getting no playing time? You're not taking me serious? Send me to the G League. Let me fuck up those niggas so I can get some flipping playing time. You know what I mean? I don't want to be out of the rotation. I got no time for that. Put me on the G League team. I'm obviously better than them. I'm getting paid. Put me where I want to be. You know what I mean? And I think that I don't know what's going on with these guys. I'm not saying he's not in the gym, but it don't look like it. See, and, 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 and that's a problem for me too, right? Like, some of these guys can literally be in the gym, right? But like when the bright lights get shining on you, you, you just don't perform. So what is the best thing to do if your shot's not dropping, yo? Play yo. some defense, fam. Get into Everything guys. else. Everything no else. Anyways, get this guy out of here, dog. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just not happy yeah. with his performance. It's a hard F for me. Yep. Not mad at Look you. Look at that, give him an F minus. <laughs> I let him off the hook, yo. You did. You surely did. did. Mm -hmm. I understand. Uh, next player, 
Malachi Flynn. D plus for me. D plus. Now, here's the thing for me with Malachi Flynn, okay? Because I am on record that when Malachi Flynn has a good game, I'm like, yes, Malachi, man. Good for Malachi. Yo, I am cheering for this guy. Understand, I'm cheering for him because, number one, I love my team. Number two, I genuinely just feel like he did not get the best opportunity to develop under Nick Nurse. But you want to know what happened? You want to know what happened yesterday? Sometimes our memory doesn't serve us correctly, eh? And you have to go back and look at stuff. And I thought Malachi Flynn didn't play last year. Do you recall Malachi Flynn playing 53 games last year? Can I? Yep. Huh? Yep. You do? He was about I don't. as, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't recall him playing for a long time in 53 games. Bruh, I don't remember this guy playing at all last year. So that tells me two things. Number one, you're just not good because you're not memorable. I don't remember you out there at all for 53 games, like barely, all right? Now this year, you're playing in every game. You have literally played 30 games this year and your minutes are up slightly, 15.6 points minutes, or sorry, 15.6 minutes a game. Last year, he was 13 minutes a game. I don't know what I was doing last year. I must have been sleepwalking through the Raptors season because I don't remember him being out here like that. But anyways, here's the point I'm trying to make, yo. You averaged 4.6 points last year. This year, you averaged 5.2, and you're getting more minutes. So what are you doing with your opportunities? Well, some games you're all right. And in other games, you're straight trash. You lack consistency. Little to no consistency from game to game. I just don't see it from you, sir. You are not doing, you are not playing at a level that tells us that we can count on you as a backup point guard. We can. And if we're looking at the Washington game that just passed, right? Gary Trent Jr. now in the starting lineup, Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench. You've now got bumped out as the odd guy out, right? I, st I still think you played because it was a blowout game. But, like, you are now the odd guy out. But if you're performing the way that you were supposed to perform in a year where we really needed you to, when Fred Van Fleet wasn't was no longer with the team, then this wouldn't be a question. The coach would have found some minutes for you, dog. But, like, it really just bothers me, yo. It's either you have, like, a pretty decent game or you're straight trash. There's, like, no in-between and there's nothing above, like, being really, really good. Um... I I feel like we did him a little bit of a disservice in terms of his confidence, where he's had to start building back up throughout the season, which is why I've been kind of a cheerleader in the back corner, being like, come on, Malachi. But like when you're not good, you're just not good. Sometimes you're even a liability to be out there. Defensively, like you're supposed to be a pest. You're supposed to be a pest. You're supposed to be a man shorts. And I see it. Sometimes you are. But it doesn't take much to shake you off, bro. Doesn't take much to shake you off. And now that you're at the defender's back, and now the um the help defender now has to guard the ball and his man. So it's just break you like when the point of attack gets beaten like that, the defense suffers. And with you being out there sometimes, it's just a straight liability. You are now your fourth year in the league. What do you do, sir? What do you do? What is your bread and butter? The shot form looks decent. 
The shot form looks good. Sometimes as a point guard, I'm like, yo, you're doing real point guard things on this team that I don't see from other point, um, even from Dennis Schroeder at times, right? Dennis will like make assists and all these types of things. But like sometimes I just see you looking like a point guard. You know what I'm saying? But like, I don't know what you do. And that's just a bad place to be in, in your fourth year in the league. And again, there's no changes in stats. I thought that there might have been, but when I go back and look at things, you played last year, just wasn't good. So it's a D plus for me, man. And uh, yeah, just not good. Agreed. Um, this kid is, I feel like he's going to be like a Cameron Payne. Mm. Right? Cameron Payne played for us and did nothing. Then Cameron played. Cameron Payne played for everybody else, and it's like one of the best playoff backup point guards you can find for bang for your buck. Um, yeah, he's been bad. I've seen, but I've there's enough tools there for him to be better. And again, I think this is a. I don't know what happened there after, you know, bench mob. I don't know what happened there. I'm not really sure, and it concerns me because I think it's what that's our bread and butter is developing players, and we did not develop this guy. Is he playing well? No, you know what I mean. Is he playing better than he has in recent years? Yes, because he's finally getting some run. This is what he should have been, you know, years three ago. years ago, right? <laughs> exactly. So you know, and it, it, what's the the change is that somebody put a little time and effort into him, right? Why the why in the world do we even have the Raptors 905? Is well, it only for lottery picks all of a sudden? Well, we know why it's supposed to be there, but to your point, yeah, we're what's just going on with that? Yeah. Yeah, we're not using it at all right now. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't even think Marquise Noel is getting playing time down there. He is. He's getting playing time. He's actually playing okay. He's playing like, like I, I would actually like to see him on the big squad at some point in the season, for real. He's all right. Also, yeah. Also, with this guy, I think that we never should have got. I think we should have let him go to Boston and kept Delano. Mm. Just a thought. I always thought that. I don't know why we didn't keep Delano. I didn't understand that. How many games did Delano play last year? More than fifty-three, I bet you. Well, I don't got it in front of me, but <laughs> maybe. Like, I. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if man them are doing blow when they're making decisions. They're not getting like sleep at night. You know what I mean? They're having problems at home. But I don't understand some of the decisions that have been coming out of management lately. Uh, yeah, D plus. He's not shooting the ball well. He's looked scrappy on defense. I agree. I'm not sure what his bread and butter is. You know, um, I can't blame him for no consistency because where's we're about as consistent as a you know teenage crackhead. So. Mm. Don't know what to tell you, but yeah, I am. Uh, I, I agree with the D plus. I will, I will adhere to that grade. Unfortunately for him, he yeah. also looks timid. He has that timid. He has that timid DNA in him. Don't know what's that. What that. What that's about. Me either, man. Me either. It's just unfortunate that these are the types of players that we're signing to the team. You know what I mean? Or or drafting. Like, there's no dogs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Scotty's a dog. You know, like we don't got enough dogs, man. I hear you, Pat Bev. I hear you. Hold on one <laughs> second. Ah! 
killed that one. You was right on point, boy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I agree. I don't know what the the dog situation is. We just we just invested in pups. Let's keep going with Yaki Perto. He gets a C plus from me, right? So like you're like almost he's he's like almost good for me, but like there's some parts of it that just knock it down a peg for me. So I think Yaka Pirtle is a terrific, just terrific pick and roll player, especially with Dennis Schroeder. Him and Dennis Schroeder have some chemistry. They have something going that's special, right? It looks good. Sometimes Dennis doesn't read the play well enough and it gets picked off. But when it's going, it's smooth. It looks good. Jakob has pretty good hands when he's going to go get that ball on the pick and roll, all right? Or when they're finding him inside where he doesn't need to dribble. It's just a get the ball and go up, right? The problem I have is that this guy disappears for stretches, like long stretches, without any paint touches, right? Now, I understand that they're running the offense a little bit through the big guy, which in this case is Jakob Pertl. So he needs to make reads and make passes and things of that sort, right? But, like, your assists are down. <laughs> your assists are down. Last year it was 2.7. Now you're at 2.3 when you're supposed to be one of the facilitators on the offense when they're running it through the elbow. So I don't see it. I don't see it. But I love your pick and roll game. You have really good hands as long as you don't need to dribble and you get to go straight up. I feel confident with that. And the numbers speak for it too because you're literally shooting 70% from the field this year. That's like some Shaquille O'Neal stuff, like dunks. You know what I'm saying? But Yakub isn't dunking. He's just getting the ball in the right spots and laying it up. And that's probably like the best part about Darko's offense has been Pirtle getting looks at the bucket where he doesn't need to put the ball on the floor. Because 70% shooting from the field, I don't care if it's literally just layups all day and you're not shooting from anywhere else on the field. Like, yo, this guy's still averaging 10 points a game and eight boards. So you're playing good. You're playing good. I just think that you disappear for stretches and your assist numbers should be more than what they are based on how many times you're actually touching the ball. And if the defenses were smart at all, they would just hack a shack, Pirtle, or we call it hack a yak, and just send them to the damn line because your free throw shooting is terrible, dog. It's horrendous like I have here on the screen. This guy is shooting 50.8%. So he's improved because he was 45% last week. But that's still bad, right? He's bringing down our average as a team. Now, that's, that's not to let other players off the hook for having some really bad game shooting free throws, but it's hurting the team when we don't have a guy that can hit down at least 60% clip. You know what I'm saying? And last year you were shooting 59.2%. So damn near 60 last year. So you've like fell back in that category and you've fallen back to the point where it's actually like hurting the team. So it's hard for me to give him a good grade when these things are happening. And especially when the coach doesn't even like trust you to close out games in many of these cases. They're like, yo, we can't have you on the floor because one, you may be a liability defensively. Now I've said that he's gotten better at guarding on the perimeter because he was just terrible at the beginning of the year. He's gotten better. But the coach still doesn't trust you enough from both offensive and defensively as you being a starter where you can't be on the floor to close games. So 
that is what that is. I think that there's still room for improvement with Pirtle, but some of this grade might be coming from the fact that we literally gave up a first round draft pick for Yaki Pirtle and yep. not like performing at a first round draft pick level. So it's yeah. a season left for me. Uh, I agree. I agree. I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't really like the pickup. Like I, I, I like the pickup, but for for the price we paid, that's it was heavy. You know what I mean? Um, free throw shooting. That whole oh, you know, it's just hard for big guys. That thing has been that's been disproved. Just in the gym and work on it. Mm-hmm. Right, Giannis is doing it. You're you should be doing it. Um, I, I I I just I don't know, man. I don't know that this team has the work ethic that we're used to seeing. You know what I mean? And I I think that goes back to like like we understood how hard Kyle Lowry and Demar worked for that team to be good. Right, like we understood that Kyle came back, lost weight. You know, you can barely like look how they're struggling to get Zion to lose weight. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Demar came back, improved every year, and I'm just like, for all they talk, I hear about these guys being hard workers. I'm just not seeing the results, and I'm like, is it really that bad mentally? Where you guys really don't have any dog in you that every time we get on the court with an NBA team, that you guys just you know fall back into this hole? I don't think so. Jakob Pertl was great in San Antonio. What is going on here? You know what I mean? What are we missing here with this guy? Either way, I don't have much to say about Jakob because you're right. He does disappear. I think that's a product of the offense as well, but he is a good pick and roll player. And you, you know what I mean? But they, they got to deliver him the ball too. You know what I mean? A lot of the time the ball doesn't come back to him. You know what I mean? There's a lot of missed opportunities on this team. Defensively, he's a little bit slow. Anything outside of that paint, he's going to get. You know, we've seen teams put him in, put him in that situation to pull him out of the paint, and then it's just it's a problem. Who somebody gave him the work the other day on a spin move? I think it was just it was Joel Embiid, and like had him in the post <laughs> on the low block on the right hand side. Immediate spin move, and Jakob was nowhere to be found. Like he packed his bags up at that point, went home. It was, and I was like, this is this is our rim defender. OG Ananobi do a better job on on. Uh, on flipping, you know, Jokic or Joel Embiid. And that's sad to say. Move your feet, man. Even Jonas, even when we had Jonas, Jonas was like out there doing quickness drills every summer to try and get quicker because they said he was slow-footed, right? And this, he's he's a better player than what Jonas was just, you know, passing-wise and diving to the basket and IQ-wise. But damn, man. I don't know, dude. It's a C for me. I don't even think it's like a C plus. Like it's a C for me. I, I, he's he's been better, but he's just kind of average. Like he's just what he was when he was here with the bench mob. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad at that C either. Like you know, again, like some of these grades are just. All these grades are just subjective, y'all. And you know, me and Kanai were pretty much in the same region with some of these things. Like. I'm not mad at the C at all, and literally, it probably should be a C. Um, I don't know. There's room for improvement. We're gonna need it. Like, 
But to be fair, like Joel Embiid, dog, he's the best, like the best post player in the league. Just to be fair, bro, you know it was just like, <laughs> like he wasn't even there to. He was there were two feet away from the basket, and he wasn't even there to foul. Oh my god, like, that's how hard this spin was. Go back and watch the highlight. He was nowhere to be found, bro. He was like he froze him, took two steps and punched it. At least Dang. fouled the man. Well, anyway. I'll tell you somebody who I don't want guarding Joel Embiid down there in the post, and we should never see this, actually. But Otto Porter Jr. So I was actually going to put him on a different slide um, with some players that I had trouble grading. But to be honest with you, I, I feel like he's played enough, and – I'm just disappointed overall over the last two years with Otto Porter Jr. You know what I'm saying? Like, coming into the season, I was like, you want to know what? Like, this guy's supposed to be a three-point shooter. He has um, championship experience. He brings veteran leadership. But we basically missed him all of last year. He played in eight games last year. But I'll give him some credit. This year, he has exceeded that in the first two months of the season. So you're healthier. At least it appeared to be. But when I see you out there moving, bro, you look like you're on one leg. I'm not sure if, like, respectfully, I'm not sure, like, what the next contract's going to look like for him. He's literally going to be a guy on a championship-type squad that it is bringing to the game for, like, five minutes. And then he sits on the bench again for another 15, 20 games. He looks broken to me, yo. He looks broken. I don't think that he'll ever be healthy the way that he used to be again. But when he is out there, he does look like he's doing a lot of the right things in terms of what he's capable of based on his physical um, his physical abilities, you know? But, like, the three-point shooting, 36.4%. Okay, cool. Somewhere around the average. But, like, what do I expect from you? Like, again, we've been looking for sharp suitors. We've been looking for floor spacers. And we just don't have any of them. And this was a guy that was expected to be one of those guys. And he just has not showed up, man. When he's out there, he looks like he's doing the right things. But you can't count on him for, like, any more than, like, 10 or 15 minutes in a game. And then he probably needs to go sit another five games to recuperate. Now, there's, there's not enough data for me to sit here and say that he's making a real difference on this team. It's probably easy to just say that he's not. But while he is out there on the floor, eye test tells me that he's doing a lot of right things. It's just he's not able to be out there consistently enough. And that's why we don't see him even in the rotation most of the time. I think he was in the rotation against Washington, but it looked like a lot of guys were in the rotation against Washington even before we started, like, really building up that lead. But nevertheless, um, Otto Porter could be a pretty good throw-in on a trade piece. I know, like, I made a joke about it in episode 35. Go check that out of the Raptors um, Flex Committee episode. Um, but, like, guy, he's kind of just a throw-in at this point. Like, I think he's on the last year of his contract. Like, he's just a filler. C-minus. Uh, uh, I he can't stay healthy. It's my biggest problem, Otto. Right? I do like him when he's on the floor. I he's every time he's on the floor, he's been productive. I'll say that much. 
right? Whether it's, you know, disrupting what other teams are trying to do on defense, you know, um, hitting three-point shots. Like, 36 is not a terrible clip, especially when he's not consistently getting minutes or able to play minutes. You know what I mean? I don't think he's looked terrible defensively. In fact, he's only one of the only guys off the bench that looks like an NBA player. You know what I mean? Can shoot, can drive, put it on the floor a little bit, makes high basketball, high IQ decisions with the ball. One of the only guys. He just My thing is just I, I agree with you where he looks to be laboring. Uh, and he can't stay on the floor. And I'm not sure exactly what uh, – I'm not sure what's going to be – what he's going to be worth next year at all. Uh, it's unfortunate. I think if he was healthy – I think if he was healthy from last year, we this team would look a lot different. You know what I mean? I I think he's he was a good pickup, but I don't know. It kind of looks like he came here to die. Yeah, he he just looks yeah. old, guy. Yeah, he does. He does look old. I agree. I agree. Uh, C C minus, C minus, and uh, he could he could have got a D. You know, because the fact that he can't stay healthy is not a good look. He's here with his wife. She'd be getting home cooking every day. You know what I mean? She'd be relaxing and, you know, I don't know, just, you know, getting good workouts in. I just don't understand why guys are not healthy at all. I, I don't know, man. Anyways, I agree. C minus, you know, do something. Get healthy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A player that we really needed to be big for us this year was Dennis Schroeder. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think a lot of people have opinions on what they expect from Dennis Schroeder this year. And, um, you know, I've heard some people that are on Team Dennis, like, you know, he needs to be the point guard, this, that, and the third. I've even seen some stats that support him, Scotty Barnes, and Pascal Siakam on the floor have a pretty good plus-minus, and I was taken back by that. I was taken back by that stat, and I haven't shared it with the podcast yet because I wanted to see it from my own two eyes, and I'm still not sure where I fit with that. But once you start like breaking down statistically what Dennis is doing, he is having a really good season for his standards, just to be clear on this, right? So I don't want to sound like a hater. He's been good, okay? He's been good. He is averaging uh, 14.1 points per game. Uh, last year, he was at 12.6. He's averaging his most assists, uh, assists 6.9 assists per game since 2016 when he was with the Hawks when he averaged 6.2. So he's obviously doing things that to make his statistical um, his statistical stats look pretty good. And the eye test will also tell you, if you're watching the games, his pick and roll stuff is pretty good. <laughs> Him and Jakob, like, they have really good chemistry together. Really good chemistry together. If we're somehow able to get another big or figure out what to do with the starting lineup where we're still able to, like, maintain some toughness and be able to grab boards, I wouldn't be opposed to Jakob Pertl playing with, um, with playing with Dennis Schroeder off the bench just based on the fact that they just found this chemistry and it works right? He's having a good season. When he's in the mid-range, I would say he's our most consistent mid-range shooter. I don't have the stats to support that, but like I've been saying this now 
with every game that I watch. Like Dennis, I feel comfortable with him taking some mid-range shots. Now, here's where it goes downhill for me, where it could have been a B minus. Okay. The erratic shot selection. Shot selection. As a point guard, if guys are going, your responsibility. Now, this is like this goes back to like high school. <laughs> this is not rocket science. If you have a guy that's hot and he's going, as a point guard, it is your job to get him the ball. Simple, simple. Get him the ball. Even if it's just for a heat check, get him the ball. I've seen yeah. way too many times where Dennis Schroeder, where, there, where, I don't know, Gary Trent is hot or OG is hot or Scotty is hot, and then Dennis decides he wants to take a shot, <laughs> like early in the shot clock. I just don't understand it. Or he wants to dribble around for 20 seconds and then put up a bad shot, you know? Like, come on, G. Come on. And, like, defensively, you're not bad. You're not a liability. He's, like, an average defender in my um, humble opinion. But I think there's some schematic issues that I have with Dennis that I don't want to make it personal with, right? As the point guard with the first unit, the real beef that I have is that you, you're just not finding players when you need to find them. And you think that you need to get your shot off whenever you feel to get your shot off. And I don't feel like the point guard should feel that way. I know that we're living in this new NBA, but if your name's not Steph Curry and your name's not Dame Lillard, like, yo, stop it. <laughs> stop it, bro. That's not your game. That's not your game. So this could have easily been a B minus for me. I'm giving them a B. Well, I'm going to give Dennis a C. I think the only reason Dennis even has that B is because he is the teacher's pet, which I speak of. I think Dennis has gotten a bit of a, you know, he he is a product of nepotism right now. It should have always been Scotty, Scotty running the point guard, and it should have been Dennis coming off the bench. That was a discussion that was being had in the beginning of the season. Everybody was wondering what was going to happen. Are they going to let Scotty run point? And is Dennis going to come off the bench if that's so? How's this lineup going to work? And somehow we decided that Den Dennis would be a better point guard than Scotty. Doesn't make sense to me. Just having him on the bench makes his team 10 times deeper. Yep. Right? Um, I don't I don't think Schroeder's bad at all. Don't get it twisted. I don't think he's been playing bad. I don't think he's been bad. Um, I do think he's playing a little banged up. But I, I think that Darko is comfortable with Dennis. Right? Darko mm -hmm. knows Dennis. He's comfortable with Dennis. And that's how and that's why Dennis was in that starting lineup because it was a comfort thing for Darko. Um this is not the kind of team where you need to be comfortable as a coach. You got to try stuff, right? They've got they've got a lot of odd pieces. You know, this big, this six nine switchable positionless basketball that they're trying to play. You you need to be able to to adapt a little bit and try new things. And I I, I figured that that was what was going to happen with Darko. And I was kind of disappointed when Dennis Schroeder was selected as a starting point guard over Scotty. Um, I don't know why that decision was made, but he gets a C for me because I think at his best, he is, you know, we've seen Dennis at his worst and his best on the Lakers. There was one season where he was supposed to accept that 80 million and he didn't, right? 
And then there was a year after that where he was really, really good for them defensively down the stretch. But again, he was coming off the bench. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's what Dennis is. I think he's at this point a six man. And I don't think we should be looking for anything much more than that from him. You know what I mean? If we get 20 points a game off of him, that's great. Give me those 20 points off the bench. I can get it from somewhere else. I can get, I'd rather have the 16 or the 12 from Gary in the starting lineup and have that come off the bench and have some sort of organization coming off the bench with a real point guard, right? But uh, yeah, I it's a C for me, man. Um, I, I think that his, the leadership that we talk about with a lot of the players, I think he's inserted himself as kind of a leader, which I'm not mad about. I think he should take more of a vet role, though, as opposed to a leadership role. I think there's a difference. You know what I mean? A vet yeah. knows when to get the hell out of the way, and I don't know if he necessarily knew when to get out of the way in that lineup that he was in. C. C, yeah. C, C. Well, I will not be going to war with you for grading Dennis Schroeder at C. It is what it is. Everything is subjective at this point. I, I respect the grade. Um, I mean, that Washington game was very interesting, seeing him come off the bench. I want to see some more, though. We got Boston tonight. So that'll tell us a little bit more if, you know, he stays with the with the second unit. I do want to see that against a better team. But um, I'm not – I don't disagree with you at all. Now, a player that is – I don't know. He's super polarizing – in these Toronto Raptors streets right now. And he's been this way for like a little while now. Like, but Pascal Siakam. So originally I graded him a B minus. I bumped him up to a B just based on the fact that he I feel like he's had to battle through a lot on this team, just figuring out what's going to work for him. Because I'm not saying this, I'm not seeing the same Pascal that I saw last year or even the year before that, right? There's literally no mid range or no three point shooting from this guy at all. Now, the three point shooting hasn't been a strong point for him. I'm not, I'm not saying he's been the greatest three point shooter, but like this guy is literally shooting right now 24.1%. That is not good for your number one option if you are the number one option on this team. And the mid-range is almost non-existent. So your shooting has just been not good. Not good. So right there, right then and there, you would probably be a C- minus if we're just guarding you or just um, grading you on your shooting alone. But what I see from him in terms of the post and face-up game, he looks even more unstoppable than he's ever looked in that role. He looks damn near dominant when he gets the ball with a back to the bucket or with a face-up game with a defender that he can just take advantage of. And he's always been pretty good around there. He's always been money in the paint, as I would say. But, like, I feel like he's taking it to a new level. And the Raptors need all of that because we are not a very good half-court team. Even when he wasn't playing um, – up to the level that he's playing at now. And, you know, Scotty Barnes was killing it and OG Anobi was doing his thing. Dennis was doing his thing. Pascal felt like the odd, the odd man out. But even at that time, 
the half-court offense was terrible. It didn't matter. So we needed to find a way to make this half-court defense or, or offense just a little bit better. And with Pascal going down and working down low, he has definitely made up for a lot of what we've seen in terms of lacking in the um in the uh in the half court. And with that, with that alone, he now leads the league, leads the team in points per game. So for me, he's playing good underneath the free throw line. But once you ask him to go above the three-point line now, that's where things get a little bit dicey. And that's why I had the B minus. But I also wanted to talk about the defense for him. Pretty good. He's one of the better defensive players on the team. And this is a guy that you're probably going to have guarding three through five. But even if he was to like switch on a matchup to guard a guard every now and then, I don't feel terrible with Pascal guarding a two or a one for a possession. Do I want that? No. <laughs> but there are worse defenders, such as like a Jakob Pertl on this team. Um, I got him at, at a B. Could have easily been a B minus for me. Oh, sorry. One other thing. One other point. I, I, I missed the last bullet point that I had here. One of my expectations for Pascal coming into the season was that now that Fred Van Fleet is gone, I expected there to be some sort of mentorship or just leadership or just pick it up in the vocal area a little bit. And I didn't like the way that he came in at his press conference. He seemed like he was a little uppity. He seemed like he, like he was really just like about himself in a sense. But as the season has gone on, I'm seeing that he's a team guy, right? He didn't do, he, he wasn't getting all the touches in the right spots that he wanted earlier on in the season. Didn't pout about it. He just went, went out there and continued playing. Those are things that I respect. But I will say this, man. This team is still missing leadership. And to Kanai's point earlier, like when we give Scotty Barnes the keys, I think we'll see what that really looks like. But Pascal is not a leader. He lacks on court leadership. He might be doing all the right things behind the scenes, working hard and all that. He keeps talking about it, but he's not an on court leader. And I'm not happy about that. I got him out of B. Yeah, I agree. And the thing is, it's sad to give him this like B, you know, this B grade, because he's been phenomenal in a lot of games. Like he's had two 40 point games, I think. You know what I mean? And a, and a handful of 30 point games as well. You know what I mean? Here's the thing with Pascal for me. One, guy, like, I don't know what's going on with your confidence, but, like, you know, I don't care what it is. Like, go get a braid up. Like, do something with the hair. You know what I'm saying? Look like you're about business. You know what I'm saying? Two, like, where's the dog? If you're not going to comb your hair, you should be the meanest motherfucker on the court. One or the other. It has to go one way. Want to be graceful? Cool. Go do something. Be graceful. Be that kind of guy. Get out of Scotty's way. I'm cool with that. You want to score, you know, 40 as a second option on the team? By all means. You know what I mean? No problem because Scotty is a facilitator anyways. But for where you're at, and I said this about Pascal a long time ago. I said the way he's going to score is not by the jump shots. When he was having that terrible stretch in the beginning of the season, he needed to – there was something that Kobe used to do all the time. And I, I, it surprises me that a lot of players haven't picked that up. But Kobe would literally be the first person down the court, even if the point guard had to go slower. First person down the court in his spot. 
He beat his man to his spot every time. Work from the block. I see Pascal catch the ball on the block sometimes. And by the time he turns around and he catches the ball, he's at the three-point line. And I'm like, why? Why? You're not, you don't need to put the ball on the floor out there. You know where you should be. You know your bread and butter is right there, you know, below the foul line, you know, 18 feet away from the basket. And that's fine with me. You know what I mean? You're you're absolutely dominant from there. But, like, I wasn't seeing that for the season. I think we're seeing a little bit more now where he's beating teams down, you know, and he's, he's getting into that defender and bumping them the minute that he gets down there and, you know, demanding the ball. But it's, I need to see some dog from Pascal. You know what I mean? And even for – forget – Forget for the Raptors, because I really like Pascal, but I don't think he's going to be here at the end of the season. For your career, man, look, go back and look at when you were successful. Look at when you were having your best games, when you looked like you were having fun. This guy was slapping guys off the backboard. Duncan, in traffic. You know what I mean? Running up and down the floor. And yeah, there's this whole thing, you know, I want to be more than a dunker. You know, they say Africans, all we can do is run and dunk and rebound. Man, we know you can shoot the ball a little bit, but you're really good at running and dunking and getting rebounds. Please do that. <laughs> Please do that. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm just a, I'm I'm a little over the whole you know the moping and especially from guys who are, I'm. A, yes, you had a difficult. You had a lot of difficult things you had to work through on this team, but you know what we did for you to make sure that you could work through those things while you're on this team. We gave you a lot of money, a lot of money. You got the bag. So there's no excuses now. He's lucky he's getting a B from me. It's a B minus for me. And even though he scored 43 points, you're the guy on the team. Make a decision. Who are you going to be? Because we need you to make a decision. This team, with this lineup change that's happened recently, they might be very good. And that might be his salvation. But if you want to stay in Toronto, like you say you do, one, you got to get out of Scotty's way because you getting in Scotty's way is getting in your own way. Good, sir. Two, I don't care. I don't care, like, you know, what you have to do. But that three-point shot needs to be worked on. And I mean worked on to the point where it's off the dribble. Okay? You can no longer be a spot-up three-point shooter. If you don't want to be the African that runs, dunks, and rebounds, then your three-point shot needs to be off the flipping dribble. And your mid-range, get back to the butter. I don't know what's going on, but figure it out. I think you don't look happy. You're not a guy who's ever really, you know, cared about personal appearance. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's a huge factor. But, like, there just doesn't seem to be any care into, you know, confidence and looking confident and feeling confident when you walk into a game. Shoulders slumped, you know what I mean? You you barely engage with your teammates, like, I get it. You miss Fred, but get over it, bro. It's a business. And if you don't shape up, your ass will be gone too. And it'll be a whole bunch of new guys that you need to get used to. So time to grow up. You're here. You're 27 years old. Nobody's going to baby you anymore. You're scoring 43 points, and we're still questioning where your heart's at. Mm. Love this guy. And that's why I'm going so hard at him, because I really do like him as a player. I think what he's done is incredible. Where he came from, like, even more incredible than Fred, because Fred has always had skills. He just had to have a platform to scroll them, to like show them. This guy actually had to develop skill from when he came into the league to what he is now. Actually had to develop and build himself into that. But now it's time to trust in the work that you do and to, you know, understand what you're missing 
and understand what it's going to take to be great. You need to be able to shoot off the dribble. You need to be able to have some counters, and those need to be your bread and butter, all right? Or else we're going to start treating you like that typical, stereotypical African player that everybody else is. That that's how you're going to. That's why they're going to treat you like on every other team when you go there. That's what they're looking at. That's what they see from you. You have the autonomy to do whatever you want here and be as big as you want. So please, because my this is another nepotistic. This is another teacher's pet right here. Messiah, this is Messiah's baby. Mm. You got to be better, man. You got to be better. And it's not just about the points. It's about the leadership now. And that's why like, it's not, it really isn't about the points. It's really about the leadership and how you're going to lead this team and how you're going to help Scotty get to where he can be. Because whether you want to take it, whether you want to like adhere to that or not, Pascal, Scotty is the best player on the team right now. Sorry. Yeah. Anyways. That's what really yeah. grinds my gears. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one, man. And, um, you know, there's this old conversation people used to have in terms of who was better, Pascal Siakam or Jason Tatum. Like, when you look at Jason Tatum's game, all those things that you were just mentioning, like the pull-up off of the, um, like, the mid-range dribble, the pull-up threes, like, all those types of things, these are things that Jason Tatum does with his game. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I'm not comparing. I'm just saying that was literally a conversation that used to happen. Who was a better player, Pascal or Jason Tatum? And it's very clear that Jason Tatum is the better player. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm trying to diminish anything that Pascal is doing. He, Man, the guy has developed himself into an all-NBA player twice in this league. Do I think he's done developing? It's up to him. And, you know... It's up to him. We'll leave it at that. I, so we both gave him the B. Could be a B minus. Yep. yep. Cool. From me, Gary Trent Jr. gets a C grade. He just has not been like what I expect from him as well. And the same thing goes like some of the same conversation we're having around OG Ananobi in terms of this being your um, your contract year. Like, I expected more. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is going on with this guy? He only has one 20-point game the entire season? One? The year, last year, he had 24. The year before that, he had 27. So, like, what is going on? Is this a product of Darko's system? Is this a product of just not being comfortable within the offense? It's just an issue of you just not being consistent with, your work ethic, I don't even want to judge nobody's work ethic. But Gary Trent Jr. is better than this, y'all. He's better than this. This is a guy that I could actually live with the streakiness of his game if he had, like, you know, two 30-point games already and had, like, six or seven 20-point games already. One 20-point game from Gary Trent Jr., who's supposed to be your sixth man? That's not good. That is average. That is average. You're averaging 11.3 points per game. You were down from 17.4 last year. He is down from 17.4. That is six points. You're down six points this year, Gary Trent Jr. This is hurting the team. This is hurting the team because the team put a lot of stock in Gary Trent Jr. as being your sixth man this year, especially with you giving Dennis the point guard duties. You're basically saying that we have enough scoring off the bench with Gary Trent Jr. 
where that's not going to matter as much with Dennis being in the starting lineup. Well, let me tell y'all something. It matters. And it matters big time because our bench, we're like bottom third in the league in bench scoring. Bottom third. With Gary Trent Jr., who was a player that in previous years, we talked about six man of the year candidate. Not like nothing serious. Like, yeah, he should win this award. He's a shoe in But like, you could toss his name in there in previous years. Like, yo, this is a guy that he can spot start anytime. And he has no problem going back to the bench, and he's still the same player. He's almost the Norman Powell that we used to talk about. And funny thing is, both of those players were traded for each other with Gary coming to Toronto. And being in your contract year, this is a bad time to have one of your worst statistical seasons in a few seasons, man. This is this is not good for you personally, and it's not good for us as a team, as a franchise. And even like defensively, like I've always respected him defensively. There's been people I've talked to that like, yo, Gary, he's not the greatest defender, but I always thought that he'd get his hands on loose balls. I always thought that he was a pretty good on-ball defender, right? Not average, but or sorry, not like the best, but pretty good. And he's down a, a steal this year. Last year he's at 1.6. This year he's at 0.7. He is down across the board, man. He's down across the board. The free throw shooting. OMG, y'all. Seriously. He's gotten better as of late. Thank God. Because at one point, this guy was shooting 56%. In the, in the Indiana game, when he went to the line, they said he was shooting 56%. I was just as shocked as anybody else. I'm like, Gary, who shot 84% from the line last year? That's insane. Come on, we need that. So between the free throw shooting and the defense and the scoring, uh, what are we getting from you, dog? Now, here's the thing. I'm going to shoot him a little bit of bail because recently, like the last two weeks or so, he's been a lot better. He's been a lot better in the last two weeks. But these grades take into account the totality of the season. So if you're trending towards being a B- minus or a B, but there will be other grades that we'll do with Gary Trent Jr. But right now, when I take in the full totality of the season, he's a C. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> it seems to be the average grade on this team. Um, Gary Gary is a – you know how I feel about Gary. When he first came out, I was like, man, you got to pass that ball, boy. You know what I mean? Even though you're hot, you got to pass that ball. You know what I'm saying? And I think what we've seen is uh, the green light for Gary has been slowly diminishing, right? He came in, shooting the shit out of the ball, let him do his thing. Whole team was like, you know, Gary's Gary, but when he's hot, he's hot. You know what I mean? Then they tried to put him some structure, so I understand that, you know. And then this year... Another guy that I just didn't understand didn't seem – I don't think he got a whole lot of respect from Darko. You know what I mean? And I, I get it. You put him on the sixth on that – You we got to start filling out the – as the Toronto Raptors, one of the things I respected was them being able to fill out that bench for those last – for the last maybe seven years. You know what I mean? And then after the championship, it just like it was like we were floundering because we didn't know what to do 
We, you know, we were holding on to guys. We didn't want to get rid of guys. Like we we're, we're getting, we got a little nostalgic. And I think we're seeing, we're seeing some of the, uh, the repercussions of that now. You know what I mean? Gary, another reason he gets a C from me is that he doesn't, like, driving to the basket, you look terrible, bro. OG Ananobi OG looks better going to the basket than Gary and Trent Jr. Mm. <laughs> and we know what that looks like. It's pretty Right? Good. He's he's terrible on a fast break. If I put a compilation of fast break Gary Trent Jr. highlights together, they are abysmal. So what are you working on again, my guy? You know what I mean? Right? You don't have any creative you don't have any creativity in your layout package. You know, I will give him this, and this is where I do appreciate Gary. He's been an absolute professional. Absolute professional. Right? Like he has you we cannot deny the fact that this guy, you know, for being put on the bench, comes off the bench, never complains, says the right things in the interviews. You know what I mean? I do think he's going to get better with Schroeder. Um, I do think a lot of these Cs are due to probably what our next, our next, uh, you know, quarterly review, our next little candidate there is going to be. If, I, if I'm right, I don't think there's any more players that we have to go through. Um, but, yeah, he's uh, he's just been average as the whole team has. And I, I don't know if I necessarily blame his shooting numbers because – the offense has just been this inconsistent, wacky thing outside of the ball movement. I'm, I'm not really sure what they're doing, to be honest. So, but I, I don't know if I blame him for his C totally. I, I think he's been a professional. I think he just needs to be in the right space. Like I said, he goes to Miami on some sort of trade. He's going to be tearing up that bucket from three. Yeah. And, and like for all the viewers, if you're still with us, thank you. I mean, I'll- all of these grades are just subjective, right? And they come yeah. with context. If I was to just not like have any, um, if we were just to not have any commentary at all and just put a C beside Gary Trent Jr., it's not fair. You know what I'm saying? Th- th- there definitely is context to some of this stuff. <laughs> and we're going to do another one of these and we're going to figure out whether any of these guys are able to increase their grade or not. Now, these guys that I'm about to put up here also, now. So go ahead. Just before you go there, I do think that it, Gary Trent would very much uh, benefit from getting some J.J. Redick, Rip Hamilton, uh, you know, some of that, keeping it moving, running, running each other out, running off screens, constant perpetual movement. I don't know why. I'll be watching sets and I'll be like, this is our only shooter. And for some reason, he just parked out on the on the wing. So, anyways, that's all I want to say. Sorry. Yeah, and I think I think some of that will get to coaching. I do just want to just wrap up the players segment really quickly. Now, these players are also with the team, but they get an incomplete grade. Reason being, Christian Coloco. He's been he's been out with the respiratory issue, right? So we'd be jerks if we were to grade this guy. He hasn't played a minute. He's trying to get his health back on track. I think we all want to see him healthy and back in a Raptors uniform to see what he can do. Because, it, again, another one of our draft picks that we had high anticipation for. And this is a guy that I think had a little bit of dog. Like, 
I remember when he fought Caleb, um, what's his name? Caleb Martin. Yeah. Um, against the Heat. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like we need some of that scrappiness. Guys are not gonna back down. And you know, again, I'm not I'm not gonna pile on to whatever he's going through right now. We just we just need to see him back healthy. Do you have any words of, about Christian Coloco? Uh best of luck to the kid, man. It sucks to not be able to play with something like that. Like it's not even like an injury that you can really take care of. He's just having a respiratory issue and you know, nobody wants to see anything come of that. You know, in a in a, the last couple of years, we've seen a couple of players have cardiac arrest issues on on courts or on fields. So, you know, best of luck to the kid. I, I hope he's healthy. I want him to get healthy so that he can play the game that he loves and we all want to see him play. So, you know, uh, prayers out to him and, and best of luck, man. Well said, well said. Um, the other two players, really quickly, Garrett Temple and Thaddeus Young. These guys barely get into the game. If they do, it's like garbage time. I still don't even know how Garrett Temple got an ankle issue because he didn't play last game. I think it was against Washington. But he was looking dapper on the bench in the suit, though. <laughs> looking real dapper, yo. But, look for brother. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't help us on the court, yo. So um, I don't know. I think he was signed as a depth piece. I don't think he's anything more than just a depth piece and maybe some locker room professionalism. Um, yeah. and I think Thaddeus Young is pretty much in the same category also, although if anyone's going to get burned it due to injury, those types of things first, it's probably Thaddeus Young over Garrett Temple. But again, these guys are just veteran guys that are depth pieces. Um, anything to add to that? No, I, I agree. I like that as a, uh, as a vet, cause you play with some of the guys, Garrett Temple, Mm, it seems like a Raptor signing. It's right on brand. You got to fill the <laughs> roster spot. But I, I could have given it to, I could have kept Delano and been happy. Yeah, you're right about that, yo. You're right about that. Um, So those are the incomplete grades. Uh, I don't know if we'll see Christian Coloco this year. Uh, I'm sure we'll see Garrett Temple and Thaddeus Young at some point. Um, But this is where we really want to get to, okay? we've been alluding to it all show long all show long okay now this is my (laughs) yes this is my grade for coach darko ryakovich and if you listen to this channel you might be a little bit surprised that i gave him a c just for the fact that I'm the first one to say that I think the Raptors made the wrong hire, eh? Like, everybody knows that. If you listen to this channel, you know I say I think the Raptors made the wrong hire. But... Who do you think that... Mm-hmm. So go ahead. No, I was like, who do you... Who, did you have somebody in mind that you wanted instead of this guy? Well, I thought... Well, no, not necessarily. But I, I thought that the team could have used another veteran coach in here. Um that had some experience developing like i kind of think back to the Dwayne casey's of the world when we um when we rehired him like to me that was a real culture change you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. where you have a guy that's almost a father figure like to these players you know what i'm saying where you're nurturing them but you're hard on them with you know respect you know what i'm saying because you got a daddy and you got a mommy i'm not your dad i'm not your mom but like i am the coach of the team 
You know what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah. I just don't feel like Darko Ryakovich came in with those types of credentials. Um, I think it was an interesting hire, but it kind of goes back to the Jalen McDaniels conversation. I don't know nothing about this guy when we hired him. I was like, who? Darko? The only Darko I knew was Darko Milicic, and he was a bust. Anyways, I'm just saying, um, <laughs> when I look at things objectively, <laughs> he's done some things that have been beneficial for the team, okay? But he's just been average, and I think this team needed something a little more than average as a coach, okay? Now, offensive schematic change. Beginning of the year, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.5. Everybody was talking about 0.5. Well, no one talks about 0.5 anymore. You know why? Because nobody knows what it is because we haven't seen anything. <laughs> Underwhelming results, okay? Now, the one thing that I will say, I like that the Raptors get a lot of assists off of scored baskets. I do like that because it shows that you're moving the ball. It, it, it shows that you're getting guys in position to score. But, like, how much of that is the actual schematics of the offense versus Scotty Barnes making a play off of um, an offensive rebound where you're getting assists and, and you're reading the defenses? Or go back to old school, pick and roll. Been doing that since grade school. You know what I'm saying? Dennis and, and Pirtle have been killing that. So, like, I don't know what the change was really offensively. I like the fact that we're scoring – Sorry, that we're getting assists off of our scores. I don't like the fact that we're not getting enough scores. Okay? Defensive slippage is apparent. Sorry about that. Apparent to me. Defensive slippage. I'm the type of guy, I like games from the early 90s where it was 90 to 87, the final score. So I pride a lot on defense. I wasn't the most gifted offensive player when I played ball. I was decent. But even with me being decent, I hung my hat on the defensive end. So these are the things I look for, right? Since this is my channel, I share it with me and my brethren and them. I'm talking about the things that I want to see out of the team, all right? If somebody wants to see something else, put it down below. Let's have a conversation. But I hate the fact that this team doesn't play defense, yo. I don't like it because at the beginning of the year, we, were, we looked nice on defense. And I was willing to give the offense a chance to just cool out for a little bit and mellow out figure things out i see pastel stuck in the corner scotty's cooking i'm like well at least scotty's cooking this is nice this is nice now all we need to do is bring pascal along but then you bring pascal along and then you toss scotty in the corner what are you doing as an offensive dog that's not good offense you're not doing nothing that means that you don't know how to work with the mismatched pieces like Kanai just said yes there are a lot of odd pieces good coaches know how to get the job done with that now, it's not fair that I'm going to go compare this guy to like an Eric Spolstra, but those are the types of guys that you want. Been working in the film room from a youth, working with Pat Riley, putting in hours in the film room, understanding the players, understanding tendencies, and then putting those things together to the betterment of the team. Darko the new guy that we brought in here from outside. Who was inside the building that we possibly could have hired? That's revisionist history. Doesn't matter. Darko's here. I don't like the offense. I don't like his coaching decisions. And I don't think that he was the right hire personally. 
But the reason why it's a C, because I take it to the totality, because the defense was good at some point in the season. It's not like we just came out the gate trash. You know what I'm saying? We've been average. We've been average. I think we're 15th in defense. So you're literally right at the average, 15th. Now, part of the development situation, that's not his fault. We'll get to the front office. These are the guys I'm getting passionate about because you won't know what, as Kanai was mentioning, when the players are put in position to be successful, then they will be successful. But when they're not, then whose fault is it? Well, some of it falls on the coach because why? He doesn't know how to work with his players. The rest of it might, might fall on the front office. Why? Because they're not putting in the best collection of players. We'll get to Masai and Bobby in a minute. But the development, you're playing Malachi Flynn trying to develop him cool right again i was taken back to see that this guy played 53 games last year i didn't know that but anyways he's getting consistent minutes this year we're seeing some up and down play from him cool right but now the fans are calling for you they're saying that you need to switch up the starting lineup right probably should have been proactive with that and did that before everybody started talking about it when my uncles are talking about it, my cousins are talking about it, my brethren are talking about it, anybody that's willing to talk Raptors was talking about it. And what are you talking about? We don't have a Steph Curry on the bench. I know that was taken out of context, but listen here, bro. When things aren't going well, you need to understand the context of your words because they will run with that. This city can be greasy too, eh? This ain't no small market. This is a six, eh? So understand, Regin. oh my God. Darko, not your fault for the development situation, but you're putting yourself in a situation where you're not being the best either. <laughs> Need to give myself a second there for a second. That's going off on this guy, yo. But here's the thing, right? I know it's not all his fault on the development thing. We're going to have to pick a direction in terms of what we want to do with this team, and we're going to have to get some pieces, right? But, like, I don't know. Like, you have, if we're going to develop, then develop. Get Grady Dick out there and stuff, right? Yeah, do really that, trying to develop Malachi Flynn and not Grady Dick, your, your prized draft pick. Get him in the game. Like, what are you trying to do here? Anyways, nevertheless, we talked about team culture being a thing that needed to change in terms of why we got rid of Nick Nurse and why we were going with a new coach. Darko's supposed to bring a new culture to the team supposed to yes guys still look a little bit unhappy to me dudes don't look happy with each other right you don't look like they want to play for each other consistently every night yeah they be have some comebacks after being down 20 but like why are we down 20 all the time never it stops Sometimes we come back and we're like, yo, the Raptors, dog, we came back from 20. But that doesn't feel good when you have to do that mad times. And I feel like some of that is the coach. You don't have your team ready to play. Because in the first half, we're not good. We're not good. And then look at what we've seen here in the fourth quarter against the Jazz, bro. Like, I, I'm not sure that you have our teams, um, like, you're, like you're not pushing the right buttons. So that these guys can feel like, yo, we got to do this now, like all the time. It shouldn't be a pick and choose thing all the time. You want to be everybody's friend? 
That's the assistant's coach job. The assistant coach's job. You want to be a head coach? Well, sometimes you got to make the hard decisions. So, anyways, <laughs> it sounded like I was just blazing this guy, like this guy could do no right with me. But truth be told, we're just average. We're not good. And to be honest, it probably should be a C minus. We're like just below average. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And you know I agree. Because when we talked on the committee, I told you he was giving me assistant coach energy. I will give him this. Okay? First of all, Darko gets an F. Ooh. Right? <laughs> yeah, because, yo, if, if if you are watching this, Darko, which you're probably not, because why do you care what I think? You know what I mean? But if you are watching this, I'm going to tell you, you coach like shit. Absolute trash. Doo-doo. Don't piss on my back and call it rain, bro. I don't give a shit about the ball movement. It's great. I'm so happy for the ball movement. You're right. That's the only change that I have seen is the flipping ball movement. Okay? But there's a lot of other extracurricular things. I don't want to say this on a, on a, it's a family show. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, there's some nepotism going around, and it's borderline having somebody on their knees in the, in the locker room. You know, doing an unsightly act. Dennis Schroeder is the point guard. We all asked you why, isn't it, Scotty? You said because you're worried about Scotty turning over the ball. Sir, have you been watching? A bad shot is just as bad as a turnover. Sir, Scotty was hot to begin the year, and you took it upon yourself to make it that we needed to get Pascal going. You know what? I'll give you a pass there. No flipping problem. But you want to know why guys are shooting the ball at a high clip? Because nobody knows what you're doing. Nobody understands what Darko's doing. Nobody knows what Darko's doing. Darko doesn't know what Darko's doing. He just wants to feel good and have everybody else feel good. This is not the Teletubbies. This is not my, you know, two-year-olds. It's not Baby Shark. It's not about feeling good. It's about winning games, bro. Right? Sure, we lost a lot of games last year, but this is a winning organization. This is not time for you to come in and figure out who you want to be as a coach. We thought you knew who you were as a coach. I'm going to give you an F because I think you can turn that around. And I think you're starting to. And you know what made me happy, finally, was to see him show some emotion. It may not have been the right thing to say, you know, that there's no Steph Curry coming off the bench. You know what I mean? But you also did say that, you know what? We got to go away and, uh, you know, take a look at ourselves in the mirror, me and the coaching staff included. And you came back and you made a change. So I'm going to – I'm not saying I don't trust you. I'm not even going to say you're not the right guy for the job. I'm going to say that you've been doing the wrong things up until this point, and I see you trying to make a change. I see you trying to grow. But, bro, what you have done up until now outside of the ball movement has been abysmal. Do not walk into a locker room when we are – Below 500 and ask me where the party is because we beat the Milwaukee Bucks. This is not a championship. There is no party. There are no mental wins here. This is a winning organization. We've been the most winningest organization, you know, outside of the last four years for five years prior to that. That's because guys worked hard and understood that they were accountable. Dennis Schroeder, I don't care how upset he is. I'm glad that you made him upset because it shows that you're not going to take him over everybody else. And you should do the same thing with Scotty and the same thing with Pascal. They need it right now. We're looking to develop players. We're look, 
developing players is not just about developing, you know, jump shots or skill. It's also about mental development. And I need you to develop dogs. I don't need you to develop guys who feel good. I don't need you to develop guys who smile. We can smile when we win. If we even do that. You can't get too high or too low. That's that's preschool, man. F for you, big guy. Big fail so far in the season because I know this is not the outcome that you wanted. I know this is not the outcome that the players wanted. And I'm not enjoying being compared to Detroit. Get your shit together. Great move to have this, you know, to take a chance and put Scotty at point guard. Now let's see you buy it and see where it goes. I'm going to stop there. We'll talk about the rest of the management after this. Really unfortunate in terms of uh, what's happening with this team. And unfortunately, a large chunk of that falls with the coach, man. And we can slice it up any which way we want to slice it up. But I think if a lot of fans out there are being honest, then we'll know that we're not seeing the best of this team right now under the darker Yakovich's tutelage show. So he has the opportunity to turn it around. But also, what's going to need to help him turn it around is a front office that we know is competent in order to do so. But the problem that I have right now with the front office and management is that they have put themselves in a position for themselves to be questioned. And this is not like this is new territory now for this regime. Darko, sorry, not Darko. Darko's still on my brain. Eh? Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster. Over the longest of time, it was in Masai we trust. Bobby is his right hand man. Them two together, they can be stopped. And it was true for a long time. But now we are questioning this whole entire organization due to some of these factors. Roster depth deficiencies. Who are the... Can I have been saying this throughout the whole episode if you all have been listening? A lot of our bench guys don't even look like NBA players. That is not a good look. We're, we're signing bargain bin guys because nobody wants to come and play here. Why? Well, if that's the case, then we need to do what we've been doing for the last decade, which is draft properly, draft the right players, the best players, not the best position, which is what I think may have happened with Grady Dick, but I, I'm hoping that can turn around. But Grady don't look good right now. He's your number one draft pick. Malachi Flynn don't look good right now. He was your draft pick three years ago. Christian Coloco, haven't seen him, don't want to stomp on him while he's down. But the truth is, is he's not in the lineup. Whoever else we want to call out there. The best thing that we've done in the last four or five years is draft Scotty Barnes. And thank God, the, the only thing that went right for that whole damn season in Tampa came out of it with Scotty Barnes. But everything around it, that, like, like the peripheral stuff after that, not good. And you've put us in a position now where even our 905 ain't got nobody. So where are the undrafted guys where that we've been bringing in for so many years? Now, I know that it's hard to find it's a Fred Van Fleet anywhere. I get that, man. Part of it is the player. 
but we've always been a good judge of character. Guys that have dogs, guys that are willing to bet on themselves. And I don't see them, yo. I don't see them. Look at all the potential contract stuff that we're dealing with right now that could possibly be called mismanagement, which is your job, Bobby and Masai. We got Pascal coming up. Not sure what we're going to do there. Everybody else in the NBA, all the other 29 other teams know that, yo, the Raptors might be desperate to get rid of Pascal. 30 cents on the dollar put us in that position. OG Ananobi, I don't think that that's going to be an issue where we need to worry about getting value back for him because I think he's a high-value player that doesn't command the type of contract that Pascal Siakam requires. But still, you've put us in a position now where we have our two out of our top three players on our team are free agents at the end of this season, and we ain't got no plan as far as we know. Gary Trent Jr., also another player where I heard there was supposed to be an extension in the offseason, don't know where it's at. Was our coaching hire way too far out the box? Well, I'll tell you what, man. Can I ask me earlier who would I have hired? I was looking for either a veteran coach with experience in building culture, maybe not a guy that's going to get you to the championship, but a guy that has experience building culture. Or some nerd from down in the analytics department that's been working his ass off for the last 10 years that started off as a friggin' intern that has worked his way up the ladder that understands what it means to be a raptor. Something in that nature, not someone from the outside. And if it was something from the outside, something proven. This is too far out the box for me, but there's still time. It's only two months into the season. I want to see whether Darko Ryakovich works out or not. I gave a hot take on episode 35. Still go check that out. Raptors Flex Committee. I said it's very possible that Darko may not be here and may only be a one-year coach. Wouldn't yep. that be it if that happens? That is on that your watch, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster. And don't have too much pride where you're scared to move on now and put the franchise back another two, three seasons do what you need to do. Now, the only reason why you have a C- and not a D is because you still have the assets at the trade deadline. Go do something properly with them, please. We're begging as Raptors fans, please. C-. minus. <clears throat> D-. minus. D-, minus. you're lucky not getting the F. The only reason you're not getting the F is because we won a championship with you guys. You get a D minus. There will be another one of these, right? I'm correct. We'll have a mid-season grade. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So this is a quarterly review. Yeah. Get yep. your shit together, man. Okay. Contracts coming off the books. We don't know what you guys are doing. Right. This is a terrible hire. And even like you can you can tell me that like yo, will you guys be waiting like this, this whole patience thing? Like pull the trigger sometimes. I respect if you pull the trigger and failed more than you guys just sitting back and doing nothing and sitting on your hands. Right? You let Fred go. You let Emi Adoka go. You could have hired Emi Adoka at any point. You let Nick Nurse go. And from all accounts, what it sounds like, the more I read into the story between Nick Nurse, Fred Van Fleet, and the reason that we had to split this whole relationship is because of some petty emotions. Small things. Yes, when you're losing, things suck. But you know what a good organization does? They stand by their for their values, they chip away at the rock, and they get better. And I think Nick Nurse is a little bit pissed off with you guys because for two seasons after, 
You could have had Tyrese Maxey, for God's sakes. Yep. And it would what do you mean? You would have sent Kyle Lowry home. It wouldn't have done him a disservice. Fine. Rebuild the team. We're ready in the rebuild. You weren't winning a championship with that. Take Tyrese. Take 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 Maxi. For God's sakes, take Maxi. Now, we'll wait. What the fuck are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? This is the problem right now. This is why you guys are in the hot seat. Because if you guys waste Scotty Barnes, if you guys so help me God waste Scotty Barnes, all right, it's a phenomenal talent. Right now, you are wasting him. You are wasting Scotty Barnes. What is this? His third year? You got yeah. four years to get this shit right. You got four years to get this shit right. And I'm not even talking about the everybody knows you got four years to get this shit right. You know exactly how hard it is. You've been here for almost 15 years. You know exactly how hard it is to get quality players to come to Canada to play. You know how hard it's been for us to get a draft pick, goddammit. And you finally have a generational talent. Do not waste it. D minus. In fact, fuck it. F. F. For both for the for the coaching and the management. Everything outside of the players, F. Because you guys have done nothing. You've been going downhill since Aaron Baines. <laughs> Don't know what it is. Don't know if you guys need to get off the wagon, stop drinking. Don't know what it is, but you guys need to get your shit together. All right. Do not waste Scotty Barnes for the for the love of me. Please do not waste this kid's career. Because he's gonna go somewhere else and win. And and Scotty Barnes kind of reminds me of like Demar in a sense, just in terms of the way that he's embracing the city and embracing the man and embracing the culture here. Like you 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 can't squander that. You have a guy that wants to be here. You have a guy that wants to be here that also has the talent to be an all-NBA player, perennial all-star guy. I agree. Do not waste this talent. Do not waste it. If Darko's not the right guy, move on from him. If your plan really is to keep Pascal and keep Scotty, get some pieces for OG, sign back Pascal, and move on and get a coach that you think can get Pascal and Scotty to work together, hell, I will be with you. But the thing is, is you just need to do what you need to do without the emotion attached. Please. Without the emotion and, uh, attached, bro. Do what's best for the franchise. Giants of Africa is not bigger than the Toronto Raptors. No, it's not. We love we we, we love the Giants of Africa. We respect we all it. of the philanthropy work, but like we love it. You know, but it's not bigger. Yeah. So, anyways, man. Uh, one last thing, just to wrap this up. Um, I'm giving an overall grade for the team. Um, just to put everything into its proper perspective. And the Raptors get a <laughs> D plus. <laughs> you get a D plus, guys. You know what I mean? Uh, I had to give it a plus. I mean, I had to give it a plus. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, is there anything even more to say? Like, we've literally broken everything down. You're 22nd in differential. Like, you're bottom third in the league. 
you know, you're not average because if so, you'd be somewhere around 15, 16, 17. You're just not there, yo. You can't even get the man them their dinner, dog. Like, yo, two, two. Anyways, that's a joke. <laughs> but real talk, like, we deserve better than this as fans. This was the yeah, last stop, thing that yo, I stop motivating the man them with a pizza lunch, bro. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Stop doing that, bro. Okay? You shouldn't have to motivate your team with a pizza lunch. I'm not flipping kids. Go coach a high school team if you want to do that. Sorry. It, it it really Sorry. pains my heart though. It really pains my heart. Like I got I got the championship banner hanging in my garage, the bootleg one. I didn't pay the full cash for it. But like I I I have it in my garage displayed with pride. Why? Because all of those players on that team decided that they were gonna put egos aside and figure out how they can work collectively to get the best out of each other. They know Kawhi Leonard was kind of off, you know what I'm saying? But that didn't stop them from embracing him and embracing them as a team. Nick Nurse wanted to put out janky defenses like Steph Curry said, so what? We're embracing it, we're gonna play, we're gonna use all these odd pieces and odd balls and this odd franchise that's the only franchise in the NBA outside of the US. It takes something special for it to work here. It takes something special. And it requires everybody involved, from Larry Tannenbaum to the 905, to the people that work the concessions, to the people that clean the toilets at the Scotiabank Arena. We all love this team. It doesn't, we're not happy to give the front the, the front the, the front office an F or to give the overall team a D plus. Doesn't, they're not happy for this. We're not doing this for clicks. Anyways, man, we've been talking forever, guy. You want to close the box? Quick question. So tonight we play Boston, and yeah. tomorrow we play the losingest or the yeah the losingest of the losingest Detroit Pistons. Thoughts? Regin. <laughs> Regin, let's get on the screen here. <laughs> Look at it. Oh my God. Raptors. Raptors. Let's get one straight thing here. Okay. First of all, you're 0-7 in the Atlantic Division. Okay. So you got business to handle tonight. All right. Tired of being the only team with no wins in the in the Atlantic Division. I know it's the Boston Celtics, but Detroit just went in there last night, played their butts off, and took the team to overtime. Detroit was up 21 in that game, just like how we like to get down 21. Detroit went up 21 in that game, and they were unable to finish it off because Boston is just more talented than Detroit. All right? So first things first, let's get an Atlantic Division W, okay? Now. For the love of God, please do not lose to the Pistons. These guys have lost 28 straight. I realize that we are coming off a back-to-back after playing the best team in the Eastern Conference. But you do not want your name attached to that. And the way that we played against Washington, I'm going to hang on that for a second. Even though all episode I've been saying I'm not, 
for this particular topic, I will, because I saw some good things in there, and I'm hoping that that wasn't just a product of playing a team that doesn't play in good defense. But Washington does play good offense. And what do we do? We shut them down. So where does so, so how do we win this game against the Pistons? Well, number one, start with defense. D up on these guys all night because they're going to be playing hard. We're going to be playing hard. They don't want to lose anymore. They don't want to lose anymore. But we are the more talented squad. We are more capable defensively. Hell, we just slapped this team by 30 three weeks ago. Now, that's probably not the same effort that we're going to get from Detroit. So you can't go thinking like, yo, we just slapped this team three weeks ago and we're going to go get the W. That's not that's not what's going to happen. And, I, and I'm not even just trying to go on a rant here. I just want to make sure everybody understands the importance of this game. You cannot have your name attached to this. I don't care how it happens. I don't care if Gary Trent Jr. has his best game of the season and decides to break out and score 35 and... Um, OG Anobi's just on fire from three all night, or if Dennis scores a 40-piece. I don't care how it happens. Get the job done. Do not lose to the Pistons. That's my thoughts on it. What are yours? <laughs> I really, I don't have much, bro. I just want to see that vein in your head explode. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't want to be cheese. I don't want to be cheese. I don't want to be cheese. I'm gonna have to bring Kylie Listen, back up, up, up with, with me up here if we lose to the Pistons, guy. I'm gonna need some love right beside me. I can't do it. We uh, listen, man. We definitely need to, uh, you know, be uh, very wary of losing to that team. Let me say this to the players, okay? I don't care what the coaches say or front management says to you. If any of you value being in Toronto you will make sure you don't lose that game, okay? That right there is your ticket to be here, which isn't even guaranteed, but it sure will guarantee you a ticket the fuck out of here. So let's see what happens. I look forward to seeing this Boston game tonight. I hope to see some effort. I'm excited about the lineup change. Let's go Raptors. Let's go Raptors! After all of that. <laughs> Anyways, yo, good night, man. Thank you so much for blessing me with this episode. We did the grades one together. We'll definitely do like um the midterm. I'm not sure if like it'll be in February after trade deadline. We'll see how it goes. Like obviously you're like my right hand dog, so I'll talk to you and figure it out. But thank you for coming yeah, through, yeah. man. Appreciate you. It's love, brother. And I'll pick it. Wow. <laughs> And if somehow you made it to the end of this, respect, man, respect. This is like probably the longest episode that we've ever done. Um, I'm going to be chopping everything up so there will be timestamps so you can get back to whatever piece you want to get to when you just run out of time because life happens. But for everybody that is subscribed, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you more than I could ever say. This channel continues to grow. To some people out there, it might not seem like a big deal, but we are now at 46 subscribers. Let's get to 50, and I will give away one of the Raptors Flex plus Tooks. Don't worry, my man. I got you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Listen, don't let me fight, y'all. Don't let me fight, dog. All right. But anyways, man, let's get the hell out of here, man. I think people are tired of listening to us, man. Um, we'll go back another time. Until next time, you know the Flex. It's me and my boy, 
and we out. Peace.